Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. This podcast is designed to hold space for honest conversations. From purity culture to faith, sexuality, relationships, identity, culture, deconstruction, and more. My hope is to look doubt in the face, be curious, seek God, and ask meaningful questions to address any elephant in the room with openness, nuance, and grace. I won't pretend to be an expert and definitely don't have all the answers. And though it may feel easier and more comfortable to exist in the black and white, I invite you to discover God with me in the gray and unexpected spaces. So whoever you are, whatever you do or don't believe, you are welcome here and have a seat at this table. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes. So each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and written review. It would be so helpful to get our message out there. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris, and a special shout out and thank you to Newsstand Studio at One Rock Center in New York City for producing this episode of the Refined Collective. You can follow along to what they're up to on Twitter at Rock Center NYC or over on the Instagram at Rockefeller Center. Also, thank you to my Patreon community. We are doing so many fun things over on Patreon lately. You can check out patreon.com slash the Refined Collective. But as I'm recording this tonight is our very first monthly book club. Yep, I'm starting a book club. If you follow me on Instagram at all, you know I am a voracious reader. And I thought it would just be really fun to read some of the books that I've been going through in community. So tonight will be our first book club. We're going over Beth Allison Barr's book, The Making of Biblical Womanhood. And next month, we will be doing Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, which I'm so excited about. Both of these books have radically transformed my life. So if that sounds like something you want to be a part of, you can join patreon.com slash The Refined Collective. It's $5 to join. If you want to be a part of the monthly book club, you can join at the $12 tier. But Whatever you can do, I am grateful for and love, love, love that little corner of my interwebs community. I have been grinding my teeth ever since I can remember and to this day can wake up with my jaw feeling sore. Did you know that the damage you cause to your teeth by grinding them cannot be reversed? You can damage your enamel, make yourself more susceptible to infection, cavities, and even long-term tooth sensitivity. The best course of action is to prevent the damage of teeth grinding. How? Smile Brilliant makes night guards for exactly this purpose. They send you an at-home impression kit and will create your custom night guard and send it to you along with a travel case. You can even order them in bulk and they will keep a digital model of your teeth on file for easy reordering. My oral hygiene is super important to me. Like my grandpa always said, you only get one set of teeth, so you better take care of them, which is why I ordered the Smile Brilliant Night Guard. Use code REFINED for 20% off site-wide at www.smilebrilliant.com. That's 20% off site-wide at www.smilebrilliant.com when you use code REFINED. Now, 
Today's going to be an interesting episode for several reasons. One, I have been up since 2 a.m. I do not know why I could not sleep last night. Well, actually, I surmise why. I just got my eggs retrieved slash frozen last week, which is what I'm talking with you about on this episode. And one of the biggest symptoms I experienced during the whole process being on all the hormones and everything was insomnia and hot flashes at night. And I think my body's still kind of getting rid of all those hormones. And so it is 8.48 in the a.m. And I have been up for six and a half hours, friends. So we're just going to see what's going to happen in the next few minutes. So that's why this is going to be an interesting episode. And then number two, this is not an episode I wanted to record this entire process that I've been honest, mainly on Instagram, about my fertility journey. The number one feedback I will get from people is you're so brave. You're so vulnerable. I applaud you for sharing your journey with the world, to which I never really understood because I'm just a hard on my sleeve type person. I'm the type of person, if you ask me how I am, I just will tell you. I do not have a fake bone in my body. So if I am going through a process where I'm giving myself three shots a day and my entire life is revolving around a procedure I'm about to be doing, yeah, I'm going to be talking about it. And it's been fun to talk about it. And I felt so good about talking about it primarily because it's a process that I wish I would have known about 10 years ago. And now in the last few years, as I've been starting to go through fertility issues and looking into egg freezing and what my other options are, I just realized, man, People don't talk about this enough. So I always knew when I went through it, I really wanted to talk about it. And so it was all fun and games in the beginning until a week or two ago when I started getting news that I didn't want to be getting, which I'll tell you about here in a minute. And then ultimately the retrieval going really poorly. And so I have been really grieving that and in a lot of pain physically and emotionally, and honestly, I've just really checked out of social media in the last week. And, you know, my family and friends are like, you don't have to share this with people. And I'm like, I know I don't. It's no one's business. And I get to process this in real time with real people and cry on real shoulders. And I feel like I've invited you into this journey and I want to close the loop for you. I want to share my experience with you, not as like a cautionary tale at all, but just as a, here's what happened and here's what can happen. And here's why, no matter what, why I would do it all over again. So I'm going to share with you the story. And, And first, I think one of the things that's been really hard processing the grief of the last week and the retrieval not going as planned, which again, I'll get to in a minute, is people don't really know how to sit in grief with you. And I experienced this when my dad relapsed a few years ago. A lot of people don't really understand addiction. And so I was walking around in this heavy grief And friends who were very well-meaning, well-intentioned would be like, well, is he better yet? (laughs) Or, well, isn't relapse just a part of the process? Or, you know, God can do anything. Saying things that really were super unhelpful and 
the majority of what I ended up doing in that grieving process was educating people on the trauma of addiction and educating people on what it is to be an addict and ultimately then trying to explain and validate why it is valid that I'm grieving. And so I think in that process, going through that and it being so painful, I realized there's just some people that are not safe to process this stuff with, some people that are. I really got to protect the grieving process. And now as I've been walking through the grief the last week of my results from the egg retrieval, I have been honest with everyone and their mom that I was going through this process. Like my entire family, all my friends, everyone on the internet. And so very well-intentioned people, people that love me and are for me are now approaching me and wanting to know the results and don't really know how to sit with when I say, you know, it didn't go well. And I think all I really want is for someone to give me a hug and say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know this meant so much to you. I know you spent so much time, so much heart, so much prayer, so much effort. I'm so sorry I didn't go as planned. That's what I want to happen. Instead, what happens like 99% of the time is people asking, why didn't it go well? What does it mean that it didn't go well? What does it mean if you only get X amount of eggs? Well, can't you just do it again? How much is it? Why don't you get a sperm donor? Why don't you see if you can have a friend that wants to co-parent with you? And then again, in the process, I find myself, instead of being able to sit in my grief, educating other people so that then they can understand why I'm sad. And I found myself yesterday at a barbecue. It was Memorial Day. And I'm at a barbecue with 15, 20 people who are friends and I'm grateful for them. And I hadn't seen them since before the surgery. So everyone was asking all about it. And, you know, I'm just trying to keep it together and not cry at a barbecue. And I had the same conversation like 20 times. And then, you know, a few people who don't know how to hold the grief or hold the space saying stupid comments like, oh, I thought you looked a little bit more bloated than normal. (laughs) Or, well, you know, isn't this just natural selection? Some people just can't have babies. I just ended up leaving and crying and going home and going on a walk and just like, God, what the heck? Where are you in this? Why is this so hard? Why do we not know how to grieve well? Why do we not know how to grieve together? Why do I have to educate everyone? (laughs) And yet here I am in this podcast episode wanting to educate you on this process so that maybe when you have a friend going through this, instead of asking her a million and one questions, why it's hard or why it's painful or why she's having these experiences or why it's so expensive, you can have some information. Or if you're wanting to go through it for yourself, you can hear, hey, like, here are some things to expect. I had no idea that I was going to take a positive pregnancy test the day before my egg retrieval. And that's because of the hormones you're on. There's so many things that I thought, man, it would have been really cool to know this beforehand. So if you are single, if you are in a relationship, if at any point you are curious about egg freezing or IVF, because it's actually the exact same process up until after retrieval. So you're taking all the same meds, everything with egg freezing and IVF, only at the end of egg freezing, you freeze the egg, not the end of IVF, you make an embryo. So 
hopefully this can be supportive information and let's just dive into it. All right, I'm going to share with you my timeline. My timeline started March of 2020. March of 2020 was mid-pandemic. It was when I first started learning about fertility. I had connected with Modern Fertility on Instagram. I had the founder on my podcast. I connected with Dr. Natalie Crawford, one of the top fertility specialists in the US who happened to be based out of Austin. And at the time, I was living in New York City and had no plans of living in Austin, but I had her on my podcast. And I went from really knowing nothing about my reproductive health to, in the span of a few months, learning more than I had ever learned in my whole life. And one thing that I realized in that process is that the number one thing I hear from women in regards to fertility and reproductive health is I don't want to learn about it right now because I don't know if I want to have kids right now. So instead of like making a plan or learning what your options are, it's like, I'll think about that one day when, which same here. Like I also figured that since I hadn't ever had sex, that I wouldn't deal with fertility issues. And that was a very ignorant thought. But the reality was I was just really uneducated. I thought my whole life would unfold a certain way. And that certain way being at any point around any turn, I'm going to meet the man of my dreams, the man God has for me. We're going to get married. We're going to start popping out babies and it's not going to be an issue at all. But yet there I was March, 2020, mid pandemic, single as ever. And I was like, shit, I got to start doing something about this. So the first step that most any doctor OBGYN, fertility specialist, will tell you to do if you want to consider egg freezing or IVF is get your AMH levels tested. So your AMH level test tests your basically the quality of your ovarian reserve. The really cool thing about companies like Modern Fertility is that you can get this test that used to be, you know, thousands of dollars at the OBGYN or fertility specialist, and you can do it at home for like 200 bucks. And I also have a discount code, which will be in the show notes if you're interested in it. So first steps, I took my AMH level test because I was like, oh, it's pandemic, the perfect time to freeze your eggs when the world is shut down. Yes. So I got my results back and they were abnormally low for my age. And that was devastating news. Essentially, you can't change the number of eggs you have. You're born with a certain number of eggs. And women, we have like millions of them. And then every month when you start your period, like hundreds, thousands can be released from your ovarian reserve or like this vault. And then when you have your period and you, you know, aren't pregnant, then those eggs release and die. And then another month goes and you release more eggs. So basically, you can't change the number of eggs you have left but you can help the quality of the remaining eggs. So just because you have a low AMH level or it's abnormally low or whatever is not a death sentence. It does not mean you can't get pregnant. People that have low AMH scores get pregnant all the time naturally. They get pregnant all the time through IVF. Like it is just not this like death sentence to a dream of having children. And the beautiful thing about it is there's awesome things that you can do, like taking enzymes or CoQ10 or acupuncture or meditation. And the biggest thing that my doctor told me in 2020 was to reduce my stress levels. 
a huge way that I decided to do that was moving to Austin. I was in a really hard place with my health, which a lot of you already know about and was struggling with anxiety. And so I thought, you know what? Let's put egg freezing on the back burner. Let's just get my health back on track. It might take six months to a year. Then I'll revisit freezing my eggs. Well, Tony, Tony, I moved. And guess what? The stress levels did not decrease like I thought they would. As you guys know, my dad relapsed, a cross-country move, a pandemic, a book release, an unexpected uh, grandparent passing away. It was just kind of like shit show after shit show in my life. And I felt like I kept doing all these things to make my life slower and more holistic. I was still struggling with a lot of the same like immune system stuff. And so I waited until January of 2022. So almost two full years before I really started revisiting my fertility. And one of the big reasons was this year I'm 36. I turned 37 in July and time is of the essence. I have been taking care of my body for a few years now. So all right, January 2022, one of my goals for the year was let's look into freezing my eggs again and let's actually really try to do it. So February of this year, I did my AMH test again. I did it via Modern Fertility again. I was basically at the point in February where I had been processing for months questions that I just never thought I would ever be asking myself like, okay, do I really want to be a mom? All right. If I really want to be a mom, what if I don't get married? What if I never get married? What if I don't meet someone? Do I still want to be a mom? How do I want that to look? Do I want to foster? Do I want to adopt? Do I want to try to have a baby with my own body? Would I get a sperm donor? Would I do like a turkey baster situation and co-parent with a friend? I was literally, I was like, nothing's off the table. Let's just look at all the options. So before I had even taken the AMH level test in February, I was basically at the point where I was like, you know what? I at least want to see if I can have a baby with my own body. I want to at least try. And so the what I told myself was, if I'm still single at 40 years old, I will get a sperm donor. And the best thing would be to freeze my eggs now and then use those eggs when I'm 40 because the quality of eggs goes down by year. And so if I can get those healthier eggs this year and then use those in a few years, or you know, hopefully I would have a partner by then and be married and get to do it that way. But I basically was finally open to the idea of, you know, no matter what, I still want to try to have a kid. If it needs to be a sperm donor, I'm open to that, which... I think what I'll say about the entire egg freezing process is every step of the way is full of processing through questions and scenarios that you never will think that you'll be in, (laughs) you know? And so every step forward, you're like, oh, I didn't think I'd be here at all. So I got my AMH test by Modern Fertility get the results back a few weeks later. Again, my results are abnormally low and I'm gutted. What does this mean? I moved. I've worked on my stress levels. I don't understand. 
So I met with a specialist for modern fertility to go over my results. They offer that for free, which I think is amazing. And basically, she couldn't give me, quote unquote, professional doctor's advice, but was basically, you need to talk to a fertility specialist. Your AMH levels are so low. The egg freezing might not even be a viable option for you, which I was like, what? (laughs) Like, what do you know? You're not even a doctor. So... I was obviously very grateful for the call. And it was also really educational just talking about what is AMH and what is FSH and what are the hormones and what is the ovarian reserve. So it was very educational, but I felt like, okay, I need to talk to an actual specialist. So Dr. Natalie Crawford, who I had on my podcast a few years ago, she's in Austin. And so I reached out to her and was like, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm in Austin now and I'm trying to freeze my eggs. I got my AMH levels back. Can you look at them? So she said, yes. We got on a video call and oh, I love Dr. Natalie Crawford so much. She is so kind and so empathetic. And I just feel so grateful to have been under her care and essentially said, you know, where AMH levels are right now, if we did a retrieval, you would get between zero and two eggs. And if that's the case, it just might not be worth it. And here's why. What you ideally want when you do a retrieval is around 20 eggs. And here's why. Some eggs don't even survive the retrieval. (laughs) And then 90% of the eggs that survive the retrieval won't survive the freeze-thaw. And then 80% of those eggs won't fertilize with sperm. And then the ones that do fertilize with sperm, only 50% of those make it through fertilization. And then there's genetic testing and about 50% are likely to be normal. And then 70% of those eggs that are normal are viable. So with 20 eggs retrieved, you have the likelihood of getting one to two embryos that are viable. And embryos isn't the egg, like the embryo is the egg and the sperm fertilized. And then from that point, you'd either freeze that or implant it for a child. If my chances were zero to two, I would need to have around 10 rounds of egg freezing to have an any sort of chance, right? Each round is between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a millionaire here. So from there, Natalie said, here's the thing though. We're not going to know fully where you're at until we do an ultrasound. And here's the other thing that's also very true, she said, is you can pull 20 eggs and none of them could be viable. You could get zero embryos for 20 eggs or all 20 could make embryos or you could pull one egg and get a baby from that. So all of this is statistics, but she's like, it only takes one. And she said, you know what? If you are my sister... I, as your sister, would tell you to do one round. So next step would be just to explore doing blood work, labs, DNA testings, and that stuff would kind of help determine why is your AMH level low? You're super healthy. And then we would also do an ultrasound, which basically the ultrasound is they go into your ovaries and actually count the viable follicles. So the follicles in your ovaries kind of give you a, a picture of how many eggs you'll release a month. And so I thought, you know what? Great. My whole thing was like, in 10 years from now, I want to look back and say, I did whatever I could. I did the best I could. So 
After that, the next week, I went in for DNA testing and blood work and the ultrasound and got some really great news. The great news was I had eight follicles showing in my ovaries, which meant that it would be likely that they could get anywhere between six and 10 eggs for the retrieval, which was 10 times what they thought it was going to be, which is why you go in for that ultrasound. So at the very beginning, it was, we could maybe get zero to two. And I left that meeting thinking, oh my gosh, I could get eight to 10. Oh my gosh, great news. Raise your hand if you want kids one day or raise your hand if you're curious about having kids one day. Yeah, I'm raising my hand too. But if you're going to make informed decisions when it comes to having kids, you need information first, right? Modern Fertility makes it easy and affordable to test your fertility hormones right at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and get your personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, aka how many eggs you have compared to other women at your age, and other important fertility factors. You can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. They also have a video explaining how to go through the entire process, and their customer support team was always incredibly helpful at any time I had a question. I actually tested my fertility with Modern Fertility last month, and it was super easy, and I also took them up on their one-on-one consult call with a fertility nurse. It was so helpful to have an expert walk me through my results. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash refined. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or even thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash refined. That's modernfertility.com slash refined. Raise your hand if you have ever struggled with anxiety. For the record, my hand is raised very high right now. I've shared very openly how important meditation has been for me in my healing journey with anxiety. Meditation can feel overwhelming, but Abide is an app that makes it easy. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. I love to start my mornings on my couch with prayer, and Abide has been the perfect addition to my morning routine. All of the audio meditations are also based in scripture, which has been a fun way for me to get back into the Bible in my deconstruction process. Plus, the meditations can be as short as two minutes long, so they're super accessible. Get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co slash refined. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co slash refined. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash refined to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. So I wasn't clear to move forward at that point. We wanted to wait to get the lab results back just to see if was there any sort of genetic thing happening or chromosomal or hormonal thing that would keep me from having a successful egg freezing. Well, the big thing that we found out is that I have an autoimmune thyroid disease, which honestly was very validating to find out because, you know, I've struggled with adrenal fatigue and all these things that most Western doctors think is hogwash. And to actually 
be tested and see, oh, I actually do have autoimmune thyroid disease. That's a whole other conversation. It's either Hashimoto's or Graves, but those things really impact your fertility as well. So the autoimmune thyroid disease plus my age was showing, okay, this is probably why your your results are abnormally low. But that being said, nothing chromosomally, genetically was off. So I got approved to move forward. So the next step before we could move forward was to make sure I paid in full. And here's the thing that just irks me about this whole process. And I want to be super honest about it because I got a question on Instagram yesterday and, and a woman wrote in asking, is freezing your eggs only for rich people? I'm poor. I don't know if I can afford it. And to that, I'll say you know what? You have to have some money set aside. And I did not have that money five years ago. I didn't even have it two years ago. It's something that I've been saving for aggressively. And here's exactly what I paid. I paid around $5,000 for blood work and DNA testing. I paid $9,000 to my fertility specialist for the entire process. And then the meds were $7,000. So it's $21,000 total from start to finish. Now, caveat, I have a really terrible insurance. (laughs) I have Liberty HealthShare. It's this like Christian HealthShare that I cannot wait to get out of. I've had it for years and I basically did that because it was cheaper than quote unquote normal health insurance. And I don't really ever go to the doctor, but they cover 0% fertility stuff. If you're single, which is insane. Evidently, you can only care about your fertility if you're a Christian, if you're married. All of that was out of pocket. Now you might have an insurance that covers part of it. If you do go for it. You also might have benefits at your job that cover part of it. Figure that out. I'm also not above or below going for a job that is going to help cover that stuff because that was a huge expense and it's not accessible for a lot of people. And, you know, we could have a whole other conversation about the whole Roe v. Wade thing and man, do we really care about fertility and children? Because this is not accessible for most people. And so I even felt so aware of the privilege I had that I was even able to go through this process. I mean, who just has $20,000 sitting around to freeze your eggs? Like I sure as hell didn't. It took me a long time to save for that. So I had to pay that in full. And then the next step was, okay, I needed to make sure I was in the luteal phase of my cycle. And if I was in my luteal phase, then I would be cleared to start the meds ASAP. Well, it just so happened I was in my luteal phase that day and was cleared to start meds the next day, which was amazing because it quickened the process for me. So the first round of meds I took where I did two weeks of Luprolide. It is a shot in your belly at night. I took it every night at 10.30 p.m. And what it does is it suppresses ovulation. So it's basically like eggs are being released, but it's like, no, no, like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) We don't want you to start your period. We're saving those eggs. So I did this these shots every night for two weeks. And to be frank, the first shot I took at night in my condo, I never felt more alone and single. And I felt so strikingly aware of my singleness in this whole process because a lot of people go through IVF 
with a partner who's helping them with shots or just any sort of moral support. And I just would find myself every single night giving myself a shot by myself. And I felt so many emotions all at once, so much gratitude and so much sadness. Like, man, I'm really alone in this. Something I didn't know before starting this is even though we're freezing the eggs and we're suppressing my ovulation as I still had a period on Luprolide. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this not working? And they're like, no, you're fine. Like, this is normal. We expect this. And then also the symptoms of Luprolide are basically any PMS symptom that you might get. So cramping, bloating, exhaustion, like pretty much stuff that you feel at PMSing or in your luteal phase. And so I was so freaking tired, y'all. I cannot even explain. Like, I'm not a person who like needs a nap every day. And every day, two or three, I was dead tired. And then I'm also a night owl. I can stay up until 1 a.m. every night if I wanted to. And I was having a hard time staying up late enough to take my shots. And on top of that, as soon as I started taking my shots, I was in New York for this marathon week of shooting. I had two weddings back to back and two other shoots and I was exhausted, but I made it through it and the tiredness did get better. And after the two weeks of that, I got approved to start my next two weeks of injections. So I went from taking one shot a day to 12 days of taking three shots every night at 6 p.m. This was Omnitrope, Menopure, and Folistim. So basically, these are now pumping your body full of hormones and FSH. So the first medicine was to suppress And the second medicine is like, it's game on. So when you have your period, I'm sure you know, you get all these eggs that release from your ovarian reserve every month, but only one gets this special attention from your FSH and hormones so that if that one gets fertilized by a sperm, you will get pregnant. And what they're doing in this portion of the IVF egg freezing process is basically trying to trick all the eggs to being viable options. So all these eggs are growing, growing. And so instead of one egg growing and the others all like falling out in your period, all of them are growing. And so that's why when you're freezing your eggs, people bloat because your ovaries go from being the size of golf balls to sometimes as big as grapefruits. So in this whole process, I couldn't work out. I couldn't do anything jarring not even yoga. I couldn't do any inversions because your ovaries are so sensitive at this point. Like, not like it could just like fall out of your vagina or anything, but they could get dislodged. You could like rupture your spleen. You could do something to really hurt yourself. And so I didn't work out all month because of that, which if you know me, I'm a child that needs recess every day. So I took it really seriously and had my shots every day at 6 p.m. And the big, oh my gosh, the big symptoms that I experienced there were again, tiredness, but then I had insomnia and hot flashes. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm my mother when she was going through the change and man, insomnia and then having hot flashes at night, that was struggle bus, which is also what happened last night, (laughs) which is why I've been up since 2 a.m. 
So from there, 12 days of those three shots, every few days I went in for ultrasound and blood work. About eight days in to the 12 days of those shots, I went in for an ultrasound and they gave me some really tough news. They were like, hey, you only have four eggs. We thought you'd have eight to 10, but there's only four growing in here. And what do you want to do? Do you want to move forward with it or not? If you don't think it's worth it, we don't have to do it. And their suggestion to me was basically, you've already paid for it. You might as well finish it. And why some people stop at that point is there's other medicines and shot combinations that you can do to try to get better results. But what they told me is that sometimes it's really just like chasing this elusive carrot of a number. And if you want, just go with what you already have because you've already paid for all the meds and the medicines and shots expire. So I left that doctor's appointment gutted and devastated. You know, first it was, oh, I'll have 10 and maybe I could, that would, I would only need to do it twice. And oh my gosh, okay, now it's four. Is this even worth it? Like based off the statistics they told me, that's not even worth it. And so I processed with family, went on a walk, had some time with God, and through lots of tears decided, you know what, I'm going to keep moving forward because yes, I have already paid for it. And my mom kept saying in this whole process, it only takes one. It just takes one. And that's true. Even if I get one egg or if I get 50 eggs, you just need one, (laughs) which is also what my mom says to me in dating. She's like, you don't need a hundred good dudes. You just need one. And so even though it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for, I decided to keep moving forward. So two days after that, I went in for another ultrasound. They said all four eggs look great. They're at a good size. My blood work looked good. And so I got approved for my retrieval day the next week which was last week. And so on day 12 of all my shots, I took a shot called Pregnol. And I don't really totally know what Pregnol is, but all I know is you have to take it at 9.30 p.m. on the dot. And then the next morning, I had to take a pregnancy test. And that pregnancy test had to be positive in order for me to have my retrieval the next day. So I don't know what Pregnol is, but it makes you seem like you're pregnant. So I actually hadn't been bloated the whole time, whereas a lot of my friends had gained 10, 15, 20 pounds in the process. But that day, the day before my retrieval, I was super bloated. And I'll post a picture in the show notes here of what I looked like the day before because I looked four months pregnant. So my mom ended up coming to town for the retrieval because it's an actual procedure. You go under anesthesia and you can't drive home and it's, you need someone there to take care of you. So my mom came in town on Monday. I couldn't eat any food from midnight on. I had to be at the doctor at 8 a.m., show up to the doctor at 8 a.m. and, you know, paperwork, all of that. They take me back. I change into, you know, the gown, wear the cap and everything. And then around 9 a.m., I am, you know, have an IV in me and the doctors have like come in and out and are getting me ready. And they were like, this will only take 15 or 20 minutes. And it was kind of crazy that all of this, like February from my AMH level to end of May, it's all coming down to these 15 minutes. 
And I had my mom, my friends, everyone praying for a miracle. You know, you know, we don't care that the doctor only saw four eggs. We're praying for 10. We're praying for a miracle. So I just remember them wheeling me back into the surgery room and me being like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in Grey's Anatomy. This is so cool. And I got the oxygen mask over my face and breathed a couple deep breaths. And the next thing I remember is waking up in my hospital room with the doctors talking to my mom. And all I heard was, we only were able to retrieve one egg. And I just was staring ahead at me. like, And I just remember saying like, what? What? What, do, what does that even mean? And Dr. Carver goes, we were only able to get one egg. And I don't remember anything else that was said. I just started sobbing. One egg. We were hoping for 10 and then it was four and then it was one. You told me at the very beginning of this, if it was zero to two, it wasn't even worth it. (laughs) Like, what do you mean just one? And I was devastated. And my mom was the perfect person to be there for me. She just came over and held me and like a child and started singing to me like a lullaby, I think. And then it was over. They said, we can do more rounds. Like now we know that this this specific meds may not work for you and your body might respond to something else. Like... Like it was no big deal for me to go through this again. Like it was no big deal for me to do two, three, four other rounds. And to this day, I'm like, I don't know if they were just trying to be positive, but in my head, I was like, you told me that if I got zero to two, it was not worth it. And now you're like, this is fine. Like you have one and it's great. And we should do another round. I left. I mean, I was able to walk out of there in 30 minutes. And the recovery is basically like kind of a few days of like, basically very heavy period cramping up to a week of that. And then for two weeks after, no working out still, can't be submerged in water. Like basically nothing can go in the vagina. So I went home that day and I slept most of the day. I was in a lot of pain. And then I woke up and I think I just did not want to feel the sadness And I also think I still had some of the pain meds in me. And I somehow convinced my mom to go to the Seeger Rose concert with me in Austin that night. And I felt fine that night. The next day we got up and I was like, I feel fine. I feel good. We walked five miles the next day. And I just busied myself. I felt very limited pain. I was taking Tylenol a couple times a day. And then Thursday morning, my mom left. And it's like she left and it hit me. I was on the couch all day, physically, but I think it was just emotionally, like finally it sinking in, like feeling like my body betrayed me, feeling left behind by God. Like, not only do I feel like my body's betrayed me, but God, where are you? (laughs) Like, yes, I know it only takes one and this one egg could be my miracle, but like, where are you in this? Do I need to get a sperm donor? If so, when? Can I afford to do another round? Is it wise to do another round? 10 years from now, what will I wish I had done? 
I'm realizing also that I've had this very deep, deep agreement with God that I wasn't even aware of. And the agreement was, if I do things, quote unquote, God's way, God's going to do this for me. Basically, if I save sex for marriage, if I be like the best Christian I can be, then God's going to give me the man that I want, the marriage I want, the kids I want. It's just going to happen. It's just going to fall into place. I didn't really even know that I had that deep down in there until I'm like, what the hell, God? Like, I did all this for you. You can't even do this for me. So my heart is sad. My heart is still heavy. I'm not sure if I will do it again. I'm leaning towards yes. I think I'm going to just give myself the summer to recover and figure out this thyroid disease. And again, like I want to look back 10 years from now and be like, I did everything that I could do for my miracle, for my breakthrough. And it's kind of how I approach every other area of my life. If God doesn't have a partner for me, then great. I have a good life, but it's not going to be because I'm in my own way or because I wasn't willing to do the work. If I don't get the job I want, the promotion, the breakthrough, any of it, it's just not going to be because I'm not showing up to play at life. And that's how I'm approaching this too. So would I do it all over again, even if I would have just gotten this one egg? Hell yes, because I learned so much in this process. It's more emotional than I ever thought it would be. But also my story isn't everyone's story. I do know some people that have had really poor test results, but I also have a dear friend that pulled 71 eggs her first round of egg retrieval. I have a podcast episode with my friend and she talks about her miracle babies from her fertility journey. People all the time have poor egg retrievals and have babies naturally and with IVF. And so I hope that this doesn't deter you from from looking into egg freezing. And I think the one a huge question I get from people is when should I look into this? When should I look into this now? today. There's no better day than today. How do you know if it's a good fit for you? First, get your AMH levels tested. Go through a company like Modern Fertility. We'll put the discount code in the show notes and find a fertility specialist in your area and see if it's a good option for you. Um, There's no better time to take ownership over your body, your journey, your fertility, your reproduction than today. So I hope that, I don't know what I hope. Um, I hope this gives more context to what I've been going through. I hope maybe I'll just send this podcast episode to people who are like, how did it go? I'm like, listen to this. And then if you have questions, we can talk. I hope this has been educational. I hope this has been empowering. I hope it's helped answer questions. And thank you for being on this journey with me. I know so many of you have prayed for me and believed with me into that. I'm just claiming the verse in scripture that says, hope does not put us to shame. I believe that those prayers are gonna come back. And I believe that breakthrough is coming, or at least that's what I hold on to. So thank you for being on this journey with me. I love you for it. And I'll talk to you next week.